Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. And Mr. Chad Austin. Where's your brother Aaron? I didn't hear him say anything. I didn't hear you say say hello. Aaron, did you say hello to the people? I did. I said hello. You guys can't hear me? Now we can. I didn't hear you say hello. Jesus Christ. You got to say hello to the people. Kate Fabinus. I did. You got to say hello to Archie Mitchell. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Mitchell. What up, Archie? This week's show, we're going to... We're going to be discussing the episode of ECW from March the 19th, 1996. Chad, the other day I noticed on Facebook that you were watching uh, some ICW, um, which I was going to post a picture to your post, and then I got busy and completely forgot. I even have the picture still on my phone. Because around the same time you had posted that, around the same time you had posted that, I was actually had gotten into my shit and was watching was watching the uh, stuff I have from the Joe Petticino Global Wrestling Federation. And the reason I was going to post a picture to you was, it was like, wow, the GWF, look at Axel looking plump. <laughs> Axel, oh, Axel. Axel Rotten, he was looking fucking plump in the GWF. He's wrestling, the, 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 the episode I was watching that he was on, he was wrestling Adrian Street. And I was like, oh, he looks plump. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. He's like, yeah. He, he was like a fucking like a medicine ball <laughs> that had British tights on. Like he, he was, he's like he's like five foot six, but like you know, like almost three hundred pounds. It was, you know, he looks like one of them balls you throw around at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a he's just a block. medicine ball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was always. I'm pretty sure he was always plump, wasn't he? No, I mean he looked particularly plump. Oh yeah, he definitely was. He looked like he looked like uh like was he, wearing, was he was he wearing a shirt? Yes. Or was he just wearing his tights? Yes, he was wearing a shirt, and then he had like the he had like the mohawk, and then there was no hawk, yeah, and then there was a, a poof in the back of his head. Yeah, and he, he looked like a sheep. <laughs> but it was black, yeah. He looked like a black big, big fat black sheep. But you know what? He was fucking working his ass off with Adrian Street. So God bless him. They had a great match. You got to see what I watched. What I watched of him today. It was from an old Maryland company. We had TV back in like 1991, and it was back when he was doing like he he was pretending to be from England. And um, and and like when you saw him in Global, he was wearing like a t-shirt and like the cutoffs, like the shorts or whatever, or or the black spandex leggings. But yes, and, and and what I was watching from like '91, it's before he dyed his hair blonde. He had the same haircut where it was the no hawk, where it was on the top and then the back, but it was nothing in the middle. But he had yeah. he wore tights. He wore like the, the Tarzan singlet, but he had like the British flag trunks that were on top of like the blue leggings. Oh my god, it was it was preposterous. <laughs> I was just I was, hair when I was laughing my ass off because like when he he, he's movie. one of them guys that kills me. Like he kills me like anytime like like when I when I see a guy like like take like a you know a superplex or like some big move and, and instead of like selling it like you know like if it was real and you're selling it they always somehow find a way to pull their trunks up or pull their shirt down. Mm-hmm. Know of it if their shirts riding too high and you can see their belly or whatever. Like instead of doing the grimacing and pain, ah, no, they pull the shirt down and then they sell it. (laughs) But yeah, that's what Axel was wearing like then. But I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. So I guess I guess this week was an actual rotten week because I was just watching them today. (laughs) But he wasn't on the show. GW. You sp- you talk about preposterous that global wrestling federation. Okay, I remember it it was out when I was like I don't know it was what ninety one through like ninety three when it was on ESPN. So it was out when I was just like just in junior high or whatever. And I love I back then I loved coming home and watching that shit. As a kid, I loved it, and I watch it now. It was so bad. I still like it. 
Oh, it's so preposterous though, because they'll just be like they they talk about the Global Wrestling Federation has been around for ninety years all over the world. It's just now come to the United States, which is complete bullshit. They just make up champions like you know, Axel's the Commonwealth champion and he's held that title in Europe for seven years or so. They just make everything yeah. and they, they even they even have a match where they have a guy named El Pantera. I swear they had one mask guy. It was like the mask guy who wore like seven masks and played five gimmicks. Oh, it was El Grande. They have him Valero. Well, no, this one is El 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 Fantastico or something, and they bill him as being from Lucha Libre, but they talk about Lucha Libre like it's the the name of the promotion. Like Scott Hudson's like, yes, Lucha Libre. It's a huge promotion in Mexico. It's like that's what they call wrestling in Mexico. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, global dude. Yeah, well, it's see, fun I'm, to I'm watch. Though. You, it so is fun I was, to watch. I was graduating when Global was coming on. I was just about graduated. And it, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a, a run home from school. I got to get home in time to watch global fucking wrestling. <laughs> it, it it would just be on. And then like I used to work with Rasta, the Voodoo Mon. Okay, remember him? Uh huh. Yeah. Like I used to work at fucking Ames, and he was like our loss prevention guy. And I didn't know it. Like I didn't know we even had one of them guys. And I just so happened to be in the store, and I saw him walking around. And I, I started talking to him, and I'm like, wait, man, I, I, I just seen you a couple days ago. And he, he was telling me how he works here. I'm like, wait a minute. Aren't you on, like, ESPN? <laughs> and, like, on, like, yes. and, he, and he was like, yeah. And he thought he was, like, he thought I was kind of marking out. But what I was kind of doing was kind of insulting him. Like, I, I would I would have been like, no. It wasn't me. Yeah, instead of, instead of Rasta the Voodoo Man, he should have been Losta the AP Man. If he worked loss prevention, that would have worked. Losta, Losta the AP Man, Rasta the LP Man, Arresta. You can go out and look for all the fans in Global. What happened to all the fans? We got Rasta on it. Yeah, I used to work with him. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, Global was. It was definitely not a must-see for me, like, running at home. I'd rather run home and watch old reruns of uh, either World Class or, or AWA that came on ESPN before I would I would swarm home to watch Global. <laughs> Don't forget it was backed by the Nigerian prince. Yes. Is that is that the first person that ever got scammed by the Nigerian prince was Joe Pettacino? <laughs> Okay, four hundred and forty million dollars. He's going to invest in this in this wrestling company, where they're going to bring all the biggest stars from all around the world. Chris Adams, really? <laughs> where are all these biggest stars from all around the world? Yeah, I'm, the I'm, I'm Roger. I'm Facebook friends with Bonnie yeah, Blackstone. I'm, fa I'm Facebook friends with Bonnie Blackstone. I should ask her about that. Did uh, so was was Joe the first guy to get swindled by a Nigerian prince? Was that he started? He started this whole thing. It's all his I fault. wonder maybe at this point. I wonder if Joe Pettacino is in cahoots with a Nigerian prince. I think he's dead. Well, then maybe well, Gary Wolf too. <laughs> oh, poor Joe Pettacino and Gary Wolf. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Pesci was not dead, but if Bonnie Blackstone's still alive? Yeah. How the yeah. fuck did he get her? Not saying that she's Missy Hyatt I, or anything, but I remember when I found out that like when I watched this back when I was a kid, I had no idea Joe Pettacino and Bonnie, Bla Bonnie Blackstone were married. And then years later when I started, you know, actually being a smart fan or whatever and everything, and I read that they were, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be because he, he has Nigerian prince money. He must yeah. be able to. He must be able to lick his forehead. Fucking kidding yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he, she she showed him that bank account. Oh shit, Nigerian prince money, Prince Nana money. <laughs> Maybe that's who the guy was. It was Prince Nana. He he was the guy behind Global. 
Fuck. Uh, so my other question to you, Chad, because it's been in, he's been in the news this week. I don't know. And I just wanted to ask you because I know that he, he started in Mar- the Maryland area. Do you know or did you ever have any interaction with um, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream? I trained him. Okay. Because that guy this week, I have to uh, say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, go ahead. What do you do? What do you do? Who do you show his dick no, to this time? No, nobody. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. He put out what I think is like the most sincere fucking apology video I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, you know, people make fucking mistakes. It is what yeah, it didn't is. He show his, didn't he show his dick to school kids, though? No. <laughs> I mean, During the apology? I think there was a, I think there was a I think there was a, like a a thing where he there were pictures exchanged between him and someone that was a minor that he didn't realize they were a minor or says he didn't anyway it doesn't matter my point was okay but my point was like his apology video if you watch it on YouTube guess some like very rarely do I see an apology video that some celebrity or some public figure does or where I'm not like ah eh, whatever they're just trying to, you know, get back in the good graces or whatever. But he fucking takes full responsibility for everything. It's that's a, one of the most sincere fucking things I've ever seen from a public figure. But yeah, when I saw him in the news this week, I wasn't sure, Chad. Again, and I I looked into it, and he, I was like, oh, he came from MCW. So I wasn't sure if you knew the dude or not. Yeah, like like um, like like the um. MCW, like Danny, the guy who owns MCW that runs the school, Maryland, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things he teaches the guys is respect. Like, that's like one of them. Like, forget about the bumps, you know, forget about hitting the ropes. The respect part. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I literally, I didn't, I didn't have the volume up. I watched the apology, but I had the volume down. I was just watching it. And I, I can tell what you're talking about. But I know that that like I'm not saying that Danny pulled him aside because at this point he's far removed from MCW and Danny. But you can see like I could just tell that he he's he's coming across of what Danny Danny teaches you. Like yeah. he knew that he fucked up, and he he didn't just fuck up once. That wasn't a you know Chris Hansen. This is a one time thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was that wasn't a, and 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 the same thing with the other kid too. Hey, um, I trained him too. That Leo Rush dude. Mm-hmm. They both got in trouble at the same exact time, and they both came out of the same class. And and like Pat, he he always was a well spoken dude, and he was he was a total fucking natural too, man. Like that kid could work, you know. He was an athlete, really good athlete. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say in the time that he was in NXT, I was actually a big fan. I, I mean, I really enjoyed his work. I thought he was really good. Yeah, and everything could, went down, and it kind of, you know, kind of flushed his shit down the toilet. And I mean, I don't know from watching the apology video if he's uh, if he's even intending to be back in pro wrestling. It almost seems like from the connotation of it, everything like you said, Chad, it's pretty much like he. It seems like he had a period where he went, you know what? I need to grow the fuck up, man the fuck up, apologize for this shit, move on with my life. Whether yeah, he's it's gonna, gonna be, in- be it's gonna be tough for him to um it's gonna be tough for him to get back in. Mm-hmm. If if he does. I, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know, you know, I don't know what his goals are, you know, what he wants to do. But after, you know, it's kind of hard to bounce back from that kind of stuff. Because like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a oh, I fucked up once. Mm-hmm kind of thing you just got caught once that, that's pretty much what, what it was but yeah but i mean i, I always liked that like it it, it it literally like broke my heart when i found out about that and i'm like dude i would have never known you know mm-hmm. like when I, I i remember sitting i remember i was at a bar um with an old girlfriend when the, the, the phone call came in about it and i literally had to go outside of the bar and i sat on the steps outside and I just like kind of like broke down, thinking like I never saw this. You know what I mean? Right. Like we made that kid work. 
what we, we we didn't get into their personal lives you know like we don't you know right. but you know i'm just like dude this kid he's he's a yes sir no sir you know like nice kid and then you hear about all this stuff and you're like where the fuck is all this coming from the fucking velveteen fucking dream all right yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be a long road back for pat and i wish him the best dude like I, you know I, i'm not a I'm not a grudge holding kind of guy. I mean, I would I would use him again, you know, if I ran a company because he's talented. But you know, I would also set him aside and be like, you know what, this is this is going to be it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's like the the way the reason that I kind of differentiate what he did with his apology video over what where I can definitely say, you know, uh, what's his face, uh, Dick Flip guy. The fuck was his name? Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. I can say Joey Ryan, he's a scuzz bag because every apology or quote unquote apology that Joey Ryan ever put out there isn't really an apology. It's like, like I, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, but I was living a rock star wrestler lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's all somebody else's fault. Patrick Clark, his apology video, man, like I said, I mean, he puts it all on himself. It's very real. You can just tell. You can just tell it's real to me, anyway. Unless yeah. he's just the greatest babyface promo in the world. He did. He ain't really that good. <laughs> nah, I, yeah, yeah. You're right, man. I mean, like I said, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Pat if he wants to come back. And I, I can see Danny. I can see Danny giving him another opportunity if he if he, if he even still lives in Maryland, or you know, if he came back to Maryland, or whether he's still in Florida. I don't know, but. It ain't, he ain't going back to NXT. <laughs> I don't see that happening. <laughs> I think that's, you know, I, he might be fucking, he might be all elite, but that's, that's about, he ain't going back to NXT. He's got well, a better chance to sign with Global. <laughs> Aaron, anything you want to talk about before we get into the CCW show? No, I'm good. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything disparaging about anybody after you guys just build them up. So we'll go ahead. Come on, disparage him. No, I'm just saying. You're entitled you to your, your opinion dick. just like we I'm are. I'm just saying you, you show your dick to a kid. I don't want your apology. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like, go fuck yourself. I don't want to hear from you anymore. He did. In front of a kid. Yeah. Shoot yourself into space for all I give a fuck. <laughs> so obviously he's not working for the Aaron Aaron Wrestling fucking Federation. No, I would actually book him. I would book him, and then I'd I'd put him in a, I'd hire him, and then I'd put him in a Legends match with Meng. Like, hey Meng, <laughs> that guy, that guy showed his dick to a kid. <laughs> do something about and then, it. And then and then Velveteen's gotta be blindfolded. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be tremendous. Ming against Velveteen Dream and the, the ring surrounded by a bunch of little kids <laughs> with kendo sticks. <laughs> kendo dicks. <laughs> that that that's tremendous. Well I can so, say Yeah, he's not I... working for you, Aaron, I guess. No, I can say that he was, he was, uh, he was, from what I'm reading here, he was accused of some of these things. He denied the allegations and it's never been proven in a court of law. So I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. I'm not, I'm not defending him or not defending him. I'm just saying his apology video seemed very genuine. Well, I'll so tell you one thing. Is very sorry too. <laughs> what? Kevin Spacey what? apologized too. Yeah, so no, he, he also he also did not get convicted in a court of law. So yeah, I guess so you if, can say if, what you want. If somebody accuses me of something and I say I didn't do it, well, let's go to court. And if it's in court, they say I didn't do it. Then guess what? I didn't do go it. Go fuck yourself. OJ's walking free, baby. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't apologize for shit if I didn't get a, if I didn't get fucking you know charged with it. I mean, you know. If I got accused of it, and then the fucking jury of 12 said he didn't do it, and that I makes, didn't do it, yeah, and I'd be like, like oh, what yeah. you said. It makes you even more guilty if somebody said, oh, it didn't happen, and then you still apologize for it. Like, well, then obviously it did happen. 
Hey, what are you apologizing for? Like, OJ didn't walk out of the courtroom and be like, I'm sorry I killed him. He just said, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Stupid white. Find the white grill bitch. killer. <laughs> like, Patrick Park wasn't like, I'll shine, find the real dick shower. <laughs> yeah, he's out there. He's looking for the condom that fits. <laughs> yeah, I could. I, I don't think Patrick Clark's going out looking for the guy and really showing the fucking dick pics to the kids. <laughs> if, the, if, the the fit, if the pick don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's walking around with a mirror. I got him. All right. Well, oh, March nineteenth, nineteen ninety six episode of ECW. We get footage from last week with the whole situation with Shane Douglas and Brian Pillman. Joey Styles introduces the show with it's going to be footage of night two from the Big Ass Extreme Bash. And what a barn burner of a tag team match we open up with here, folks! It's Bad Crew versus Damian Stone and El Porto Ricano. Yeah, Porto Ricano, my boy. Joined in progress. Shocker. Of course, Damian Stone is little Guido. Is this his debut, or have we seen him already? Nah, no, we've seen we've seen him. I, I worked him. I worked him on TV like a year before or two years before. Okay, I just couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, he'd been there. He had been there for a little while. Yeah, what a barn burner, huh? Bad crew. Hey, question: Because anytime the only the only bad crew stuff I've ever seen is ECW bad. and anything, anything they ever show of them in ECW, they stink. Were they ever really any good? Like, or do they just stink? I... Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what they were good at. They were good at having a license in Pennsylvania. And that'll, that'll get you on the card. Yep. <laughs> that, 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 uh, and they were good at having a halfway decent ring for rent. So they were good at that. So yeah, you put two and two together there. Like I, I used to work for Bad Crew all the time. Uh, they would always run these shows. It, it'd be at a bar too. So I wasn't turning down that booking. That you know the bar, like the bar was literally in like you know twenty feet from the ring. So as soon as I was done, I didn't even go back in and back and change. I just walked right over to the bar. But uh, as a matter of fact. I got I got my tattoo, the only tattoo that I have. I got it right downstairs from the building where they ran the shows at. It was it was uh this big building in the middle of nowhere in Reading, Pennsylvania. And it was two floors. Downstairs was a tattoo shop, the Reading Tattoo Parlor, and then upstairs was just a big like empty empty like ballroom. Mm-hmm. And that's where Bad Crew ran their shows at. And they always they always brought me and Dino in. Um, they paid well, and they brought in like, like, uh, and in my eyes, it was the equivalency of like the independent like ICW guys. It was all the guys that you see in that area that work all them shows, Kodiak Bear, you know, Damian Stone, you know, all them guys, mm-hmm. Hungry Barbarian. Of course, they had a guy named Harley Davidson. You have to. Harvey you Danielson or whatever. But you know what I mean. All the same guys. They had a doink, you know. Everybody Bob gets Star. a doink. Yeah, Nikolai. Guys like that. You think? Yeah, do you I mean, think they were, that, they were that... good guys. But yeah, they were just, they were basically good at having a license and a ring. Two, two, two things. First, I think of a scenario where. ECW is growing in popularity and the bad crew is getting to work there because they have the ring. And then they're like, man, one more time. Fucking we're out on the road coming to the show. Canadian Wolfman's trying to fucking drive us off the road. He wants back. In. <laughs> um, but the other question I have for you guys is, do you think that there just were so many, like, like I just said, every promotion had a doink or has a doink. You think it just got to the point where there were so many that WWF was just like, fuck it, we can't, we're just going to let people use it. There's no use in trying to sue all these people that don't have any fucking money anyway. Do you think that's what it was? 
Of course. Like, all I'm doing is spending my time chasing doinks. Yeah, like, like what the fuck? Like, we got more important things going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, case in point, Bob Starr. Like, Bob would work, he'd work three times on the show. You, you book him as Bob Starr. All right? He'd come out, he'd be Hollywood Bobby Starr. Two matches later, he'd come out with a mask on. Change his outfit. He'd be a Russian assassin. Two matches after that, he'd come out wearing a doink costume. And he wore King Kalua or Tom Brandy. <laughs> or, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I fucking, I fucking love pro wrestling. And as it went on, as, as it went on, um, it almost became like the like the Times Square Elmo or whatever, where it's like it looked pathetic, you know, like it doesn't even look like like a good doink. Yeah. Like, every new doink just was a like, little bit worse looking. Yeah, like you sometimes yeah. sometimes you go to the show and you see Phil Apollo doink. Sometimes you go to the show and you see hobo doink. Like he looks like he looks yeah. like a, a serial killer doink. Yeah. <laughs> like we saw Ray Apollo doink, right? Was he was yeah. he was I a said Phil Apollo. I meant Ray it, Apollo. I'm sorry. It's the same person. But he had he had yeah. um he had like a, a hot chick with him. Remember that? Like two hot chicks with him. <laughs> yeah, doink. God damn. He's got doink money. Yeah. God damn doink. Don't slanging it. <laughs> yeah, like like the Apollo guy was the guy that would spend an hour and a half, two hours putting the makeup on, you know, and have the right gimmick, the right outfit. He wouldn't have holes in his knee pads, you know what I mean? He it it wouldn't be a raggedy ass outfit. Like he'd he'd be the doing. But then you go down, you go twenty miles down the road to some you know outlaw mud. Show, and then you get that fucking doink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just, missing some of the key, like face paint marks and stuff. You know, <laughs> M- mud show doink. That's the name of this episode. Mud <laughs> show discount. Let's say discount doink, but mud show doink's better. That's what it was, man. And like everybody had a mud show doink. <laughs> it sounds. Like I mean, like you think what Clark tried to do to the kids. A, a Patrick Clark doink? The Velveteen oh, doink? Oh, he tried to do a... <laughs> the Velveteen doink. <laughs> I was just saying, like, that sounds like something nasty you do to somebody. Oh, man, I took this bitch home last night and gave her the mud show doink. <laughs> and your buddy yeah, wouldn't even be depressed. Bar, He'd be, your, buddy wouldn't even, your buddy wouldn't even be depressed. He'd be disgusted. Like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like the walk of shame when you gotta like text your buddy the next day and tell somebody that you you velveteen doinked them. Bunch of doink. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Last night when I met that much, I, that some... bar, I got so banged up. I I, I took him a much show doink. You must show doink somebody the walk of shame the next day. They're bow legged. Yeah, but you got like twenty dollars for a Polaroid. <laughs> you're just you're just walking home. You're just walking home sadly, going. You threw the bucket of shame on you instead of the confetti or the water. It was just a big bunch of shame came out of it. It was a bunch of Polaroids and kids that came out of the bucket. <laughs> Velveteen doink. Well, <laughs> as Bad Crew and Damien St- Bad Crew, Damien Stone, and El Puerto Ricano have their match, they get attacked by Brian Pillman and um, company. And what's it? What's it say for? Yeah, and and company because I Pillman's out with. Uh, with his shady looking lawyer. Wasn't that and fucking Nicole Brown Simpson's father? I don't know. That's who he looked like. It when, looked like, like him. When he came out, I was like, that's Nicole Brown Simpson's father. And then the other guy, the other guy looked like, like a little Kurt Hennig. Yeah, I don't know who he the fuck like that was. Baby Kurt. 
I, they were just guys playing the lawyers. But yeah, like one look, one looked like uh, um, Ron Goldman or whatever, yeah. and then the other guy looked like fucking little little Kurt Hennig. Like if you order Kurt Hennig off Wish, it was this guy. And then they, I don't even know who that football player was. No, I wrote down as he also came out with as Lita would call him, football player dude. I have no idea who this football player was, but yeah, what the fuck was his name? His name was so fucking long, it went all the way around the back of his jersey. It was on on almost to the front of his jersey. Like, what the fuck was that guy? I'm sure it was some guy that Brian played with and was friends with or whatever, but I don't know who the fuck he was. Well, he never, you didn't see him again. No, I think he was just a Philadelphia. I think he was an Eagles player, but I don't know who the hell he was. I'm not a football guy. I don't know. (laughs) No, I think he was wearing an Eagles jersey. I don't know either. I don't, I don't watch football either. All I know is he was a fucking jabroni. Like I'm that guy that I know who, I know who like Joe Montana is. I know, I know who guys who do infomercials are, but. I don't. I don't want to watch football, so I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Cal Ripken. I know who that is. I don't know if he's a quarterback or whatever. I just know the name. He's a pitcher. I don't fucking know, but yeah, I don't like as big as football is around here. I don't, you know, like literally, I'll go to the bar on Sundays, and come one o'clock when I see a bunch of these ham and eggers come walking in wearing Ravens jerseys that's when i look at my watch and be like oh it's time to go around here it's the ohio state game so yeah, it's college here here it's uh, college people look at me and be like how about them buckeyes i'm like how about them <laughs> yeah what about them no i've never watched a buckeye game know. in my life i don't know i'm not going it's cold out cold yeah i don't yeah i, I could care less about that shit I don't, the only time i ever go to the i go to the bar during the super bowl because most of the bars have buffets like during the Super Bowl. But, I mean, COVID kind of killed all that. But, yeah, that's when mm-hmm. I used to go to the bar, like, for a Super Bowl. I'd call around all the bars. You had a buffet for a Super Bowl? And then I'd be there for that. But I ain't watching one minute of that fucking game. <laughs> Give a fuck. Fucking bunch of idiots. It's all at work. Bunch of mud yeah. show doinks. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Football's a work. Imagine if they wore, instead of wearing helmets, they all wore doink headsets. <laughs> Then I'd watch. Yeah. They all had the doink mask on. That'd be awesome. <sighs> yeah, but um, that, that Ron Goldman guy, that shit with Pillman was fucking. <laughs> Dude, whatever. Like, you know, enough with this. We get and it. was yeah. cool. Like the, the promo was. I'm sorry. No, go but... ahead. I don't. I don't I have any notes on the. I just have Pillman promo, Douglas promo. So you can. It was weak. It, it was like, it's the weakest thing he's done since he's shown up. Like the promo. Yeah, it was, was like it was weak, nothing. Weak. There was there was no there sense. was no like, no body to it whatsoever. Man, nobody it was like, knew any of generic as it could have been. You know what I mean? It was just for the sake of getting him out there and not having him sitting on a leather couch naked. It was just. Just put them out in front of the people. I don't give a fuck what you say. Just we can't have you on a couch naked again. Aaron's going crazy. Get some pants there. on. Get some pants on and go to work. Yeah. Take these <laughs> three out. Fucking take, yeah, take these three ham bones out with you and go say something. Yeah. Something. Put your ham bone away and take these three with you. Yeah. Get out there. But yeah, and then like I said, Douglas he went to confront him and Pillman just left. And it was just it wasn't anything. It was just it was lame. And nothing went on. It was stupid. That's how that segment ends. And then we roll into a tag team match. It is the Bruise Brothers against the Pitbulls. And I gotta tell you, I'll tell you, their time in ECW <laughs> is literally the only time I ever liked the Bruise Brothers. I I didn't I was not a fan of them in the WWF. I was not not a fan of them in WCW. But for some reason they work. I didn't even like them in Smokey, but they work in ECW. I love them in, e, in ECW. Also, oh, you obviously never saw them in USWA then. Mm, if I have, I haven't seen a lot of it. Oh, dude, 
it's before they were the Bruce Brothers. When they were first breaking in. And they were these two tall, skinny, jabroni guys that were, um, as a matter of fact, the one guy, when they first cut their first promo, they were sponsored by a country band called Sawyer Brown. Like, it was like their sponsor or something. And they came out and cut a promo, and one of them stuttered, like, when he was cutting the promo. And then he even he even kind of smiled when he realized he was stuttering, because it was live TV. <laughs> And then he he goes dub, 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 dub. and then he kind of like smiled, and then his brother started talking, and I'm like, dude, these guys are awful. It's way before they were the Bruce Brothers, so yeah, when they disappeared after they were, they called them Ron and Don Harris, the Blue Denim Bruce Brothers is what Lance Russell called them, and then when he disappeared, they came back with the long hair and all. I loved them in in ECW as well, you know, Jacob and Eli Blue. They literally Jacob and Eli Blue and <laughs> W in the WWE. Um and Smoky Mountain cup of coffee, so it's hard to even, you know, right. get a gauge right. on what they were anyway. But yeah, in ECW, they were a total fit. Loved them. Um, I, I'm I'm sure I brought it up on the show in past episodes how they were just tailor-made for ECW because they were so bad. That ECW could disguise their weaknesses. So yes, easy. well, and that's that's what I was going to say. That's why they work. Because, you know, like this match with the Pitbulls, they can have an ECW fucking walk and brawl outside the ring. Nothing happens, but everything happens. You know, then you throw them in the WWF, and I'm talking like 97 when they were, then they throw them in this thing with Brian Lee and Crush, and the Disciples of Apocalypse is one of those most boring factions in the history of professional wrestling. Boring. Yeah, couldn't even get him over. Boring, yes. But here, a- a- absolutely, they're perfectly cast. They're perfectly used, and I like this match. I like watching these two teams go at it. Aaron, yeah, because you figure it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be c- like car crash bad, which is and and wrestling sometimes is good, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, like you can't, you know, you can't always have a Rey Mysterio match where. It's just perfect spot, perfect spot, perfect spot. Yeah, they get ugly, you know, and that sometimes looks real and it makes them, it looks believable. You know, when they're just slamming dudes around and just dragging them around the building and shit. And it's like, yeah, that, that, that's believable shit. Yeah, I love them in ECW. Aaron, what'd you think of this matchup? Um, I think I saw the fat kid from head of the class out in the audience. There's this big fat guy. What? I was like, that's the fat kid from head of the class. Yes, sir. That sign guy Dudley. No, it was just some guy. I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's the fat kid from head of the class. But other than that, it was a match. I mean, <laughs> typical ECW brawl. I mean, I don't, I don't like the, Bruce Brothers and ECW. I could care less about the Bruce Brothers. Um, but Ron and Don Harris do nothing for me in, in any incarnation of what they are. <laughs> Jesus. So I Thanks guess they will be your when... pick for wrestler of the week then. Nope. <laughs> but things picked said, up nope. when uh, Blue Me- Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards showed up though. Well, and this is funny because we have a theme going on on this show because I wrote down Stevie and Meanie come out to help the Bruise Brothers. Dreamer comes out to hit the pit, help the pit bulls, and he does the doink gimmick. He has a doink arm, and that was yeah. we got a doink. We got a doink theme going on through the show here. But Tommy, yeah, didn't, Dreamer, didn't didn't Joey Styles even say that he did? Tommy Dreamer had a another arm. Yeah, he's got another <laughs> arm, and then it's a cast <laughs> arm. But yeah, it's the it's the old doink gimmick. It's the doink the doink arm. Is, is I it, thought he pulled his or... Dreamer doink. Is it Tommy or Dreamer doink or doink Dreamer? Dreamer. Doink. doink Dreamer. He's yeah, teaming up with know. Velveteen Doink and Mud Show Doink. Velveteen Dreamer, and they're gonna take on Mo Doink, Mabel Doink, Butch Doink, <laughs> and Luke Doink. <laughs> the Headhunters. Mo Doink and Mo Doinker. <laughs> Fat Doinker. <laughs> the Head Doinkers. Doinker, I did. <laughs> the Head Doinkers. The head doinkers. <laughs> 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 
that's that's what happens but right before the much show like <laughs> Boy, this has been a hell of a show already. <laughs> oh, Velveteen joining it up. Did you notice that Meanie wound up covered in mustard? I'm not sure that's not the first time or the last. <laughs> I was about to say, doesn't he usually get covered in mustard? I mean, if you're going to do it to somebody, why not? I'm, hey, I'm, sure, he didn't fucking, I'm sure he didn't bitch about it. I'm pretty Sorry, sure in this time. I'm pretty Sorry, sure. At the, I'm pretty sure at this time in his life, uh, Meanie was usually covered in some sort of condiment. <laughs> yeah, he got he got a, he got an advance in his payday. <laughs> you're getting you're getting a face full of mustard, hot dog to come later. <laughs> <laughs> there may or may not be a bun. Just a hot dog and mustard. No, no bun. He's like, that's okay. That was his draw, was the mustard. So like, I need a little bit of advance in my pay. And they're like, here's some, here's here's some mustard, you fat pig. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I, I could just imagine him, him walking up to Paul and asking for an advance in his pay. And Paul just squirts him in the face with mustard. <laughs> I know, I know. During that, I know one thing. I noticed during that whole entire smiles with the pit bulls were all they were all doing all that shit was. I saw some of the weakest chair shots from from Gary the pit bull, dude. I I mean I I was gonna I was gonna make a note and and see if you if you noticed it, dude. They were cringeworthy chair shots. They, he wasn't even like hitting them with a chair. He was putting the chair on their head. You know what I mean? Like you know how the like you swing the chair, and then you hit the guy. Like he was like stopping and then just putting the chair like on his head. And I was like, please, I hope one of you guys caught this. I don't think I did because I didn't write it down. Yeah, because I have a little asterisk next to where I wrote "meanie stunk," <laughs> and then I wrote "this is bad," and then I wrote like "and how about them chair shots by fucking Pitbull Gary, the dead one." Ah, shit. <laughs> well, we have this big schmoz here, and then um, the two the two opposing sides have a stare down at the end. And then we go to a promo between Taz, or between, with Taz and Fonzie discussing the match between Chris Jericho and Taz on next week's show. Um, Chris Jericho. I can't believe Jericho is still there. Well, and what I was writing, what I wrote down was I can't believe that, like, he's just recently, we've seen him on, what, one episode so far. He had that match with Mick Foley. I don't know if we even saw him before then. He almost got, at least on TV, there was no introduction to him. Like, they just were like, here's Chris Jericho. Because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to stick around, which he didn't. Like, they got, they got more mileage out of Jericho being like basically up for like two shots. You know what I mean? Like he came in for like, because he came in for a, the New York show and then the, the arena show. And, and then the month before, like he was on that show. So like they got more mileage out of like two Chris Jericho shots. They got like eight weeks of television just, you know, out of him working twice, you know, like it's amazing. Cause I, I know he wasn't there long. I know he wasn't there long. But I'm like, he's still on TV. How are they pulling this off? Yeah, because I know this is this because our next match is going to be the, the, the main event match of this episode is two out of three falls. It's Ray and Hoobie. And I know this is Ray's last ECW appearance because he's about to debut in WCW. Let me check and see when Jericho because Jericho debuts in WCW in 96 also, but I don't know the exact date. You're right. See. It was um, it was like uh, because I was in I was in Memphis when when I think Jericho debuted. So, okay, so it would have to is, have been. It would have yeah, had the, to have the, been like the spring. I was gonna say these shows are in March that we're watching now, and it says here, and of course I'm just using Wikipedia, but he debuted for WCW on August twentieth, nineteen ninety six. 
Yeah, that, so, that, that sounds about right. Because I, I yeah. was still down in Tennessee then. Yeah, that's about right. Because I, I remember being at the bar and seeing them. And, you know, there was no volume. I was just happy to be at a bar. And they had Nitro on. I was like, oh, my God, Chris Jericho. Like, I just saw him, you know, like three weeks ago. And, like, coming, Philadelphia. Coming out to knock off even flow. Yeah, I don't know. Is that what he came, oh, is that what he came out to? Yeah, he came up out to the knockoff even flow. Yeah. NWO even flow. <laughs> and then what? Pa- Dave, yeah, Diamond Rick, Dallas Page yeah, yeah. Diamond Dallas Page came out to knock off smells like teen spirit. Oh my god. Yeah, that, and, that was like and, the most blatant ripoff of any at every one. Like literally that was. Everybody's like it was like Jimmy Hart was a wrestling music genius. Like all he did was steal all their songs. That wasn't Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart didn't do all that shit. They did. No, not 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 then they didn't. That was that was just um that was just generic, like generic um studio music. Because Jimmy Hart didn't Jimmy Hart didn't do he didn't do a lot of music for WCW until way later on. Um, that's when he started doing like the music. Before that, it was all just generic TV um, soundtrack music. Some of the funniest, use. some of the funniest ones of those are the first one that always comes to my mind is the music that WCW used for Lex Luger's intro music. The WWF used for their superstar line because that was a, like a common, like a, a common market song or whatever. Yeah, just a music bed. And then what I remember one time <clears throat> there was like an ad for some fucking uh like car sale here in our local market and the music they were using was the Hardy Boys entrance theme. And I was just like <laughs> it's just funny. Well, it's funny well, when you hear remember that or or the uh the kids in the hall sketch where they yeah, used I was the say kids in the hall had yeah kid that was just gonna say remember that kids in the hall skit with Scott Thompson being super gay to like Harlem <laughs> music. It's like what is going on? The, the generic music, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all that was. Because, uh, because I remember when I used to do TV in Memphis and I was used to help edit TV, like they had literally like CDs, like, like, um, it would have like, um, like, like 50 tracks on them, like these CDs, and it would all just be generic music beds that you know, you just go through them and then you figure all right this one this would be great for Hugh Morris whatever you know what I mean because uh, I, I remember listening to him and I remember hearing like the the, the Dallas page like the generic uh, uh, spring whatever spirit gimmick except for the fact that he yells self high five or just like the fact that the the music that would ultimately become Ray Mysterio's music in WC. I think it was Ray Mysterio's in WCW. They used it first for Loch Ness. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And Pat Tanaka had Goldberg's music. Yes, he did. You're right. Yeah. There's an episode of, of Nitro from early or like early 97 where Pat Tanaka comes out <laughs> for what would be Goldberg's music. You just want to be like Tanaka. Tanaka. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happened in WWF too. Like WCW wasn't exclusive to it. Like, um, well, they had Jim Johnson in WWF. Yeah, but WWF also repurposed music. Uh, Patriot had Kurt Angle's music. Um, yeah. The Paul stupidest Bear, one Paul, was that Paul Bear, Paul Bear wound up using Papa Shango's music. Yeah, the stupidest one was when they had the Rockers or the Rock and Roll Express use the Rockers music. It's like this isn't even one that you can repurpose. Like nobody forgot about this, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they had that horn music that they used for like Bam Bam Bigelow in the '80s, and then anybody that was fat after that got that horn theme. Like they yeah, gave it to Mark Butter. Henry at first. They gave it to Mark Henry. They had fucking Butterbean come out to it. It was the big <laughs> fat guy music. <laughs> give him the horns. fat. Give him the fat guy theme, pal. That's what it's labeled on the track. On the CD, it's fat guy track. <laughs> Just Mark Mark Henry. Mark Henry, Bash and Booger, Butterbean. Yeah, I can totally see that. 
Well, the, the main event match of the show that we are watching here, I don't have a lot of notes on it just because I enjoyed the match and was watching it. It is Rey Mysterio's last appearance in ECW, and it is Rey Mysterio and Juventud in a two out of three falls match, and it was really good. I, you know, I don't have a lot of notes on it just because I was watching the fucking match. So I um I literally like at this point I I, I kind of tuned out because you know hindsight now I had seen that match fifty million times. Mm-hmm. It was the same fucking match, you know that I've seen a bazillion times, but it it was still good, but it was still the same exact match that they have all the time. But it was in Philadelphia, so they just did one or two more spots outside the ring, right? You know what I mean, but it was still the same match. But it was it was always good, and and Hoobie didn't look nowhere near as bad during this match as he like Hoobie's not a hundred percent guy, like you know Ray 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 is, you know he's a ninety nine percenter when it comes to hitting his spots, you know Ray is Hoobie's far from that. Like when Hoovy when 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 Hoovy does the four fifty splash, like I sometimes like cringe when I when I know he's gonna do it because you know like literally mine's about as good as his. That's that and that's how I know it's not good because I'm not I'm not Scorpio when I do the four fifty splash, and I know Hoovy's not Scorpio either. Like Hoovy's is just about as good as mine, and yeah, he's no he's no Ray Mysterio when it comes to the high spots. <laughs> he, he can do them. He's just not. He's not smooth. Right. Yeah. And, and and his success rate is nowhere near raise. But yeah, it was good. Aaron, what'd you think? I mean, I know I know you're gonna say it's good too. It's like it's like you guys said. It was a good. I mean, it was a good, solid match, and nothing to really complain about. It's a good way to send out Ray, and um, I, I enjoyed it, and. Um, I like the fact that they went outside the building, and it was just, it was just a fun match. I yeah, I wonder whose Oldsmobile that was <laughs> that he got slammed on. Dude, I tell you what, though, that super bomb was brutal. I I, I guess it was, was it Ray giving it to who? I can't remember who gave it to who, but one of them gave the other one the super bomb, the power bomb from the top rope. Dude, I was like. As small as these two guys are coming from that high up, driving down to that mat, I'm like, dude, that had to, that had to hurt. And like and, and that to me was like that popped me. Like you know, like I said, I, I was kind of tuned out watching it, but I wasn't paying attention. But I was like, God damn, that was brutal. And, and you're right, going outside the building. I mean, they did they did a classic, just a spot on the car, you know, the hurricane run off the hood, if you will. It was good stuff, man. And yeah, yeah, but Ray, Ray was. Why why they put Ray over? That I that's my that is my note. Is Ray and Hoovy really good two out of three falls match? But why did Ray win? Because this is his last spot in ECW. Hoovy should have went over. Yeah. Well, I mean, was Hoovy gone too after this? I think he's. I can't imagine him sticking longer. around for much longer. Who else is left? I think. Well, well, I guess. I guess what I'll say is. At this point, they know Ray's going, but I don't think Hoobie's gotten offered anything yet. You know, the minute he does, he's like, uh, hasta la vida, or adios, or whatever. But, um, it, yeah, Ray's got Ray's been signed to WCW at this point. Hoobie's probably, you know, I'm sure he comes in very shortly thereafter. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm but, sure Ray's going to politic to get him a job there anyway. Because, you know, who's Ray going to work there. with? Conan's there already, so Conan's bringing in guys. Oh yeah, Conan's definitely. Oh, Conan's the liaison for everywhere. Conan's the one that got him in ECW to begin with. So Conan's the Conan's the leader. Like he he blazes the trail. Like he he comes in for ECW, works a couple shots. He leaves, goes to WCW, tells them, "Hey, look, I can get you fucking, I can get you Ray Ray and moving to uh, Velveteen Guerrero if you if you want." I can get you, uh, you know, all these guys. So yeah, that's that's that, that seems to be like the way it always worked. Like, just if you want to know where Ray's at? Just look where Conan's at. He ain't far behind him. 
and I'm sure, and I'm sure that, like I said, I'm sure Ray politic to get Hoovy in because who's Ray going to work with? You know, right? Kidman every single week. Yeah, Ray's like, I need, I need Hoovy, I need psychosis. Yeah, guys that I can call fucking spots in Spanish out loud. Nobody's gonna know what I'm saying. You know. Well, that's gotta be. Out. That's gotta be fucking. That's gotta be such a cool thing, is that when you're Ray and you're Hoovy, and you work so much, and you know each other's matches, that you speak Spanish like they do, and even like Spanish slang, like you know, I can speak Spanish or I can understand Spanish, and I can speak a little bit of Spanish, but I don't know like Spanish slang. But yeah, they can call spots out loud, and you wouldn't know what the hell they were talking. You know what I mean? You don't know what they were saying. Yeah. So that's gotta be that's gotta be cool. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that shit. Well, as we roll into the Pulp Fiction to end the show here, we get Lance Wright telling us that the ECW fan of the week is Gary Juster, and as we all know, Gary Juster, WCW guy. So Brian Pillman is in the kitchen of some restaurant, and he hocks a loogie and what's supposedly Gary Juster's salad. Um, yeah, but they never showed else? Gary Juster, did they? No. Yeah, I, I didn't think so either. I'm like, why did they say him? And why why was it Gary Juster? You know what I mean? Of all they people. Just, they could have just made up anybody. They could have been Archie Mitchell. Why did it, why did, why was it Gary Juster? Like, was that a rib of some sort? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you know, I don't know how many people that are watching the show at the time knew who Gary Juster was. Like, if you're trying to make an impact and take a shot at WCW, why not just say it's Eric Bischoff's salad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm from Baltimore, and Gary Juster's—he's a Baltimore guy. That's why I, I know him. I knew him back in the days when, back in like WCW, old NWA days, when they would say. They were coming to Baltimore and they would say, What a card promoter Gary Juster put together because he was Baltimore's promoter. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he was the one that put the show together in Baltimore, but he just got a job in the office of WCW, just pretty much running shows. But yeah, it was just an odd name to me out of all the names. Why was it Gary Juster? Just the other notes that I have here on Pulp Fiction, then if you guys want to comment on any of it. They show Shane Douglas at a fair with some actress. I don't know who she is. Um, Missy Hyatt tells the same why man. Is he at the, why is he at? Why is he at the fair? I don't know. That the whole thing was like and I don't why, even know what's and going why, on here. Why? Why did he wear a suit to the fair? And what? Was he trying to like dunk somebody, or was, he was trying to? Knock he was doing the, the yeah. He's doing like to get the <laughs> ball in the certain hole game or whatever. And yeah, what the I don't fuck know what the fuck, fuck was going on. Yeah, was he trying to win her? Trying to win this broad, a big stuffed animal, and we're supposed to goldfish. <laughs> like, oh, what? That that served no purpose whatsoever. Is that the we franchise once a goddamn goldfish? Fair. Yeah, like we we just so happen to have a camera at the fucking at the um state fair where Shane's trying to win a fucking goldfish. Like, I heard what? Matt Bourne was working there and wanted to go meet him. Who? Go see my, he wanted to go see his old buddy Matt Bourne. He was working there. Oh, he's, he's doing a tilt the world or the uh, the yeah. scrambler. Matt tilt Bourne's the one yelling, yeah. "Anybody want to go faster?" As he's playing Motley Crue records. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that, that was just strange to me. That was like, yeah, Shane Douglas is at a fair. <laughs> Missy Hyatt then tells Sandman. They, she cuts the promo about how, you know, she likes how he dishes out pain and how he takes the pain. Um, J.T. Smith does a thing where... Dude, did you see Sandman's back? Yes, yeah. <laughs> where the fuck was that, dude? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, that wasn't... That looked like he, he, got, he got beaten up for a week. Like, that wasn't like a couple of, like, like red marks. His whole entire back was all like banged up. Like, where did that come from? Uh, 
JT Smith cuts a promo where it's pretty much like he thinks uh, he, he's pretty much what he's saying is I've got everybody fooled into thinking I'm clumsy, but I'm actually really smart. But he's not because then the you know the fucking uh, banner falls on him from behind. Well, the him. first one race, the first one is funny because he says that he's like. He's not clumsy and he's not a klutz and he's smarter than everybody else. And he actually puts the cigar in his mouth backwards. Backwards, yeah. Like, I guess I missed that. I was like, that's <laughs> funny. Like he can't even smoke a cigar, right? And then and then the yeah, the banner falls on him. Yeah, I was just like, all right. Yeah. Because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the at the at the phone thinking, all right, this has gotta be ending soon. Cause usually they'll put that graphic up where it says stone cutter, whatever production, whatever. And I'm like, it didn't come up yet. And I'm thinking, there can't be much left. <laughs> but then it, then they, they switched it up by putting the music up first and a couple of other graphics before they went to the production thing. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's over. And then, yeah, and then, like I said, Sandman's back to me was just, I was like, dude, I can't believe nobody that wasn't acknowledged. His back looked terrible, man. Unless yeah. Missy I don't know if brutal in bed. I don't know. <laughs> God damn, dude. The EC or the uh, the eliminators say their only regret about taking out Francine is that she wasn't pregnant because then it would be a two, two, two uh, yeah. for one. Yeah, it's no, like, oh, I can't believe there that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. I was like, because I was wrapping it up, and I'm like, did I just hear that? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that made the air. The old baby the, comes out stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the bump. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they give him the total illumination as she takes the back bump. The baby goes flying out forward. <laughs> Bobblehead. <laughs> God damn. Ra Raven promo on Dreamer and Beulah. And then we close out with the uh with Brian Pillman at the restaurant. Gives an autograph to the waiter, and then the waiter's. You know, it's like there. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's surprised that Brian's so calm and civilized and everything. And of course, Brian gives him the whole. Oh, that's all at work. It's all at work. It's all work. As he's jamming the fork into his arm. Um, that's that's a cool segment. A cool way to end the show. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I had, I I I had a lot of fun with this show. I I wasn't expecting it going in. As a matter of fact, I actually dreaded it. Um, <laughs> I put it off as long as I could because I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of stuff to do here, and I was just like, um, I was telling my roommate because he was trying to get me to help him do stuff, and I kept saying, "I gotta watch the show. I gotta watch the show," and I literally put it off until I I realized it was only like you know what's it like thirty eight forty minutes, you know. Yeah. I, I put it off until the last until the last like minute. Well, I was like, I guess I got to watch this piece of crap. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. I had a good time watching it. Aaron? I thought it was a good, I it was a good show. I thought it was decent. And um, the only thing I got is that it's out of all the stuff Pillman's done so far. I think this is his weakest episode, I think. Just in my opinion. Yeah, because it wasn't a whole lot of substance. It was just getting him out there for a second, getting him out there. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. Better than that, I I I enjoyed it. He's just a guy to me that if you're not gonna give him something to work with, don't even put him on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you would think that, but then it's probably that he's probably about ready to wrap it up soon too. So yeah, they're know. trying to milk. They're trying to milk him for every bit they can. You know, having yeah, pretty much. On he's getting ready. He's getting ready. You're ready to go to Raw. So. You know, just get him on, get him out there as much as you can. So yeah, that that's that's pretty much why it was what it was. But I agree too. He 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 did a whole lot of nothing. He did a whole bunch of nothing throughout the show. But yeah, it was still well, it, to me, it was still a good show. I agree. I agree. And that's gonna be a wrap for this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. And um Next week, we'll move into, I think the episode is going to be March 26th. And actually, usually I peek ahead a little bit to see if they can see what's on the next episode. And I didn't do it this week. So I'm not sure what we have to look forward to next week. 
We knew well, as the best, part about, the, the best part about this show was the fact that it came off the tails of last week's show, which was a one match show. Yeah. So this this was kind of like a whole different. It was the slate was the, the canvas was clean, fresh slate. You know, now now after we gave him a whole hour of one match, now we're now we're going to give him a, a a little bit of everybody, right, on this show, and now we can just start all over again. So yeah, that I I agree. It was it was it was a good show. All right, well that'll be a wrap. We'll, we thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for your support. Keep on listening, and we'll see you next week on Reliving the Extreme.